Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome in, everybody, to the Pro Football Show. I am Chris Landry, bringing you a weekly look at the NFL. As you know by now, you can get this podcast by signing up for Landry Football's conference call. That's where you can get all of our college football shows uh, daily, and we are working uh, behind the scenes because I think there is a need for it to expand this Pro Football Show more regularly, to, you know, even during the off season, where there's more news than during the season. Um, we're looking at different options a couple of days, maybe even three days a week, uh, maybe more uh, as we go along. It'll depend on a few things uh, behind the scenes that we need to get done. But busy here at the Senior Bowl, um, looking at a group of prospects, doing work uh, for NFL teams that I do consulting work for, looking at uh, a bunch of prospects that I have seen some of them, particularly at the small school level for the first time in person, have studied them on tape all year long. So a lot to get to. Uh, we are providing you detailed information on the Senior Bowl, uh, as well as everything to do with the draft, film room breakdowns of NFL rosters. We got it all covered for you at LandryFootball.com. So you'll want to take advantage of the 50% discount that we still have going uh, right now up on LandryFootball.com. Again, to subscribe to this podcast, go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and sign up for Landry Football's conference calls. That way you can get um, college podcasts, the NFL podcasts, uh, and we've got a couple of questions that we're going to answer here, and we're going to um, get to that here in just a little bit. A reminder that this podcast is uh, brought to you by the great folks at 401k Generation. They are the experts in financial services, whether it's a 401k or an IRA, or is that what you need? Or what else do you need? Or you're on track? What should your goals be at your current age? Uh, what have you done with a financial advisor before? Is that working? Uh, a lot of different things, as I say, to get your financial checkup today. It's kind of like a doctor. You have a specialist. You have somebody that you use. Uh, your financial well-being is very important. 
Uh, obviously, we all know that. Maybe we don't spend as much time thinking about it. But it's good to have someone that's on your team that can help you. So uh, find out more about them today. See what they're all about. Eddie Rojas and his team at 401k Generation. And here's the best part. They're licensed in all 50 states. So wherever you're listening to this podcast in the continental United States, they can help you. Um, text or call them at one 866 998-5879. I'll give you a chance to get a pen and write it down again. Call or text Eddie Rojas and his team at 401k Generation. You can call or text 1-866-998-5879. So check them out today. So we are <clears throat> heading into our Super Bowl matchup. The matchups, we talked about it in the conference championship, was pretty predictable in the sense that um, you had a Chiefs team that seemed to have everything going for them. Certainly a hot team in Tennessee, a physical team in Tennessee. What was impressive with the Titans in this game was their first half performance, their play calling on offense. They did a very nice job. Mixing things up, controlling the game at the line of scrimmage, dominating the time of possession. All things that they needed to do to have success in this game, they were able to do. So credit to them for that. But there's a couple of things that just really, I thought, lingered and hurt them as things developed and moved on through the course of the game. One, we thought, and we described it on LandryFootball.com in detail, that where was the pass rush going to come from? Were they going to be able to get anything done in that regard? Well, they they could not. If you can't get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to have success. It's as simple as that. Um, He killed them. With his play extensions, his runs, they made big-time plays. You know, and you've got to make some coverage decisions against this Chiefs offense. You've got to find a way to roll a coverage to Tyreek Hill's side and to Kelsey's side. Well, that puts your man up on guys that are going to beat you in man coverage. And that's the genesis of Andy Reid's passing attack and their ability to put together route concepts that are going to exploit even the best of coverages. So make your decision, pick your poison. But it's about getting pass rush. You've got to get good pass rush. You cannot allow the plays to be extended. It's a combination. It's not an if or or, if or or. That's where it's going to be interesting to see. And we'll get into it a little bit more next week. But we're going to talk about the importance of the game falling on the Niners' ability to rush the passer with their base set. They can get after the quarterback. If they can put pressure on Mahomes, 
limit the play extensions, keep them hemmed in, that's the formula. That's the way you want to beat a team like that that has an elite quarterback. And no one has one quite as good as Patrick Mahomes, but you can't allow those routes to progress and him to extend plays because you're not going to be able to cover them long enough. You might have success early. You might break their rhythm early. But you've got to pick some decisions, make some decisions and pick your poison because they've got other options that they can go to. And the receivers understand how to extend routes and make plays. And that's the difference. So that's going to be the key. On the other side of the ball, how about the Niners and their ability to run the football and control the game running it? It's not that Garoppolo can't throw it. It's that they keep him out of harm's way. And they create such high percentage passes that it only accentuates his ability to excel. And he's done it very well. They didn't need to throw it a lick against the Packers. So, the Chiefs, and this will be the key on this side of the ball, this game is very easy to go right to the heart of the matter. And that is, can the Chiefs stop the run game? Because I don't think the Niners will give up the run game. I don't think the Niners will stop committing to the run. I think it it only is, say, start of the fourth quarter if you're down 17 points. That's the only way you get them out of their run game. And even then, if they feel like they can get three possessions, they're going to run it and they're going to try to find a way to set up a pass game. You know, the Chiefs did a really good job against the Titans. They came in talking a lot of bravado, particularly Frank Clark, about what they can do against the Titans' run game. And they did a phenomenal job with it. I thought the Titans got away from the running game a little bit more. I thought they felt like, look, we can't um, we can't stop Kansas City. We have to match points with them. And I think they got away from who they are. First half, they played who they are. Second half, I think they, panic may not be the right word, but they became very uncomfortable with the fact that they need to score more points. They need to make big plays. They had some chunk plays early, and they thought they could go back and go to the well, and and it just you're you're going to have a hard time. Their formula was to be able, should have been, to be able to stay committed to the run for four quarters, and try to shorten that game even more. Because the longer their defense was on the field against the Chiefs, the more of a problem it is. And that, at the end of the day was the difference in the game. And so how this might translate into this matchup, listen, the Niners are a better team than the Titans. Um, The Chiefs are certainly better than anybody the Niners have played in their playoffs. So I do think we have 
the most intriguing matchup. I, you know, jokingly said, boy, it would be neat just from a nostalgia standpoint to have Packers, Chiefs, first Super Bowl, 100-year anniversary. The Niners weren't better than the Packers. They were significantly better than the Packers, and I think they proved that. I don't think there's any doubt about it. So we're going to get into it in depth on LandryFootball.com, and we certainly are going to talk about it a little bit more next week. But the real focus is going to be those two areas. You know, the the Niners will score points on you, but they're going to do it with the run. They're going to set up some play-action pass. But if you can slow down the run and you can get Jimmy Garoppolo in third and long, that's a tough – that's not where the Niners want to be. That's not where Kyle Shanahan wants to be calling plays from. So we'll see how the Chiefs are able to hold in for four quarters to defend the run because I think they're going to have to do that for four quarters as the Niners are going to stay committed to the run. And then we'll see if the Niners can rush the passer for four quarters against the Chiefs. And what misdirection game, what quick outlet routes the Chiefs will have to escape the pass rush. What can you do to slow down their pass rush? I can tell you. Focus on the line of scrimmage in this game. It's probably that way in a lot of games, folks. But with all the explosive playmaking abilities um, that you're going to see, great quarterback, great weapons, look at the Chiefs' ability to get the ball out quickly versus the Niners' pass rush, to run right at the pass rush, to work the screen game, the reverse game. What can they do to slow down the pass rush? You do that, I think you can throw the football on the Niners. And we'll see how effective, you know, with a lead, how the Niners respond to it. It's definitely an explosive offense up against a methodical physical offense. And defensively, it's a pass rush defense of the Niners against you know, Chiefs offense that, again, likes to be able to move the football around, but it needs time to do it. So that's going to be the issue and who can do it most effectively. Going to be a lot of fun. Hey, some news around the league <clears throat> past couple of days uh, and talking with folks around the league uh, here at the Senior Bowl. Uh, a couple of things that kind of jumped off the table. Um that I think are of interest. Um, Jay Gruden getting the coordinator job in Jacksonville. Good move for them. I think Jay's a good play caller. Uh, I know there's the, well, this and that, and, you know, the Redskins didn't. It's a different situation. Let me get into the Giants uh, in a second, too, and their their decision to hire Jason Garrett and the rest of the staff. But some other um, – Jacksonville news, Yannick Nindakwe is a priority for Jacksonville. They expect to sign him, and 
don't anticipate any problems. We'll see as we get into more of the free agent news and notes right upon us. Freddie Kitchens looks like he's going to join that giant staff along with Jason Garrett. I, I, I do think that Joe Judge has put together a really good staff of guys, first of all, two guys there that are former head coaches in the NFL. He's bringing Brett Bielema with him to coach the defensive line, former college head coach, and he was with Joe in New England's good staff that he's putting together. Very impressed. So we'll see as this goes forward. Um, I think it could have a very positive impact on what they're doing. Um, the Cowboys are focusing a lot on getting Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper done, their deals. Um, they tell me that the neck surgery went well for Leighton Vander Esch. Um, some Packer news. I know that uh, Brian Bulaga is not sure if he's going to resign with the Packers. Off-season decisions that obviously are, are to be determined. Um, oh, uh, Chiefs quarterback coach Mike Kafka, <clears throat> probably because of timing. Um, he's going to stay with Kansas City. Obviously, he's going to stay through the Super Bowl. But he was a strong candidate to go to Philadelphia. Um he is, Mike Kafka is the offensive coordinator in waiting behind Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of frustration about Eric Bieniemy backers about why he doesn't have a job. I, I agree. I do think part of what needs to be looked at is the timing. I think the guys that have the most success in the current year have the least amount of success at getting one of these jobs because timing really works against them. Um, but he's going to remain in Kansas City, and <clears throat> which is probably a good move for his future. Um, the Bengals tell me they're definitely committed to staying uh, with A.J. Green and getting a new deal done with him. Um, Jim Caldwell had said uh, he is interested in returning to coaching. He's not going to come back with the Dolphins. Uh, the Browns are still trying to make a decision on their um, general manager. I do like the hire of Bill Callahan, Callahan as offensive line coach. Um, as expected, Dean Peace has retired after 12 seasons in the NFL. Carolina's put together, uh, Matt Rolls put together, staff he's bringing Phil Snow with him as defensive coordinator. Um, there is a lot of talk about um, Philip Rivers and where he might end up um, moving his team back home or back south in the region to Florida. Uh, interesting, and I don't – I think obviously he's looking at maybe playing another year, maybe two, but maybe one, and obviously he's going to commute, but he's trying to – he wants to make the move and obviously selling his place or will sell his place, I think, in San Diego. Or, you know, obviously we're dealing with a different different caliber individual, folks, financially. May even keep the place as a vacation home. I don't know. I don't know what their plans are there about the San Diego home. 
The Texans, as we thought, are making the changes. Uh, Romeo Cornell is not returning as defensive coordinator. Look for Anthony Weaver to possibly get that um, job. No new news on Tevin Coleman and his availability for the Super Bowl. Uh, Still a little early. We'll see how that uh, plays out. Um, We'll get more news. Um, And that's kind of the basic news. Over at the Senior Bowl, we're working a lot on looking at these guys in person. And the best thing about it, the most important thing about it, are the practices because we see them go up against some of the best players in the country, the best players that are going to be in this draft. And it helps you from a comparative measure to see. But it's probably what's most important, to see how they compete, see how they work. Those things, uh, how do they retain information? Uh, all those things are really important. Um, a lot of guys, I know it's a, some ta- is this, taping this show on um, on Tuesday night for it to go out on Wednesday. Um, we've just not had enough practice. So stay tuned for LandryFootball.com to see how guys are progressing. We're going to have practice reports every day, see who gets better, and see who does what. But some really good-looking players, some good pass rushers, uh, some good uh, receivers, good quarterbacks. Justin Herbert's here. Jordan Love's here. So good good group of guys. Um, uh want to get into a couple of questions. Nick asks one about the senior bowl or a few. How does the coaching staff prepare to coach the senior bowl? Uh, great question. <clears throat> First of all, you prepare <clears throat> pretty much the same way as if you're not coaching it. You study the players. Remember, your goal in this game is really not to prepare a game plan, quote-unquote, to trick an opponent, to try to win. What you're trying to do is put together a game plan as if you're coaching these guys on your team. So what you want to do is challenge these players because you're evaluating every one of these players. So you put together a game plan, basically running the things that you like to run. What better way than to see if a lineman can handle certain protections, a quarterback can understand certain concepts, if receivers uh, – being able to run routes and have an understanding of how to uh, diagnose coverages, uh, a defensive lineman that understands how to run start certain stunts, uh, linebackers who understands how to diagnose um, the run game and be in position in the pass game, get to their landmarks, defensive backs understanding route concepts. What better way – to learn about that than to put them in situations that you're going to force them to see and understand and get a better feel for their learning process. And it's not about what they know when they get there. It's about what they know at the end of the week. You don't expect them to know everything, but you want to see them get better and better. So what you do is put together a game plan as a coaching staff that you want to learn more about the player. But it's basically coaching 101. Coaching, it's not what we're going to run what he's comfortable running. No, we're going to run some things to make him uncomfortable 
to see how he responds. We also are going to let him do things that we think can showcase his skills. So it's a combination and a meshing of all of that. When you're not coaching the senior bowl, what you do from a coaching standpoint, and this comes from your player personnel department, you break down the entire rosters and you have the position coaches study their position. So the running back coach is going to study the running backs. He's going to go everywhere the running backs are. He's going to interview them. He's going to watch them. He's going to get a feel for their movements. That's what you need to do. So that's how you break it. With the coordinators, you have them look at certain guys. But if the coordinator is the quarterback coach, he's going to be focused on the quarterbacks. If the defensive coordinator is also coaching the linebackers, he's going to be with the linebackers. If you've got a walk-around coordinator, then you're going to have him focus mostly on offense. It's going to be whatever his background is. So it will probably be with the quarterbacks and the receivers. Or if it's a guy from a run game background, it's probably going to be maybe offensive line, maybe interior offensive line, backs. Uh, but they're focused on a position. They're not trying to look at everybody. Uh, defensively, obviously, if you got a walk-around coordinator, you want a guy to look at certain guys, what we call looking over the top, um, certain specific guys, but again, more focused on his area of strength of where he kind of grew up on the defensive side of the ball, be it the secondary, be it the front. That's what you're looking for. Um Nick asked, does coaching the senior bowl give the coaching staff an advantage? A huge advantage. Huge advantage. Think about it. You're not just watching these guys. You are coaching them. When they're not on the field and you're coaching them on the field and you're instructing them on the field, but then you're in meetings with them every day for an entire week. You know how they learn. You know how they listen. You begin to know their personality. You're in the dining hall with them. You get to know them. You know, we spend a lot of time trying to bring guys into the facilities prior to the draft to get to know them. You try to spend as much time as you can at the combine with them to get to know them. Now you get to have these guys that you can spend an entire week with. You stay in the same hotel area, meeting room, you get to know them better than anybody. It's a tremendous advantage, a tremendous access. It's a lot of work, but it is extremely advantageous. Uh, Now, you can point to, well, you know, um, I see teams coach there and they don't win. Well, doesn't mean this is not an advantage. You may not take advantage of it. You may not make good decisions. You may not coach well around it. But it's a huge advantage to get to know these guys better. Um, I think for uh, an organization like the Bengals that have a small scouting staff, you can you can even get a little bit more of an advantage because the coaches are so involved in the personnel process. Um, Nick asks, do the extra weeks of practice the team gets during the playoff run help with overall development of the roster? Of course it does. Any amount of practice helps you. But keep in mind that you're not putting pads on, you're not hitting a lot this time of year. But you are doing some things and, and definitely going through things. There's no doubt that the more practice you have, 
the more repetitions you have on anything helps you. No question about it. And it's uh, no different than when you, we talk about bowl practices in college um, and practice, you know, playoff practices in the NFL, it's a big advantage. It's a bigger advantage in college to have bowl practices because you're dealing with a lot of young guys that are going to be your future in college. Um, and you only got a 20-hour work week in college. Well, the NFL, you got more time with them, and they've played a lot more football. So the mental reps are going to help. But, you know, the physical reps can sometimes hurt you, which is why you've got to make sure they're off their feet, um, their bodies are healing a little bit better towards the back end of the season. But I would say that particularly for the younger guys, Getting more and more reps absolutely helps. So good questions there from Nick. Ryan asks, Chris, there's always talk of the next Sean McVay, but what about the young defensive innovators? It seemed like most teams look to older vets like Petten and Fangio and Wade Phillips and Mike Nolan, but is there any talk of modern defensive innovators to counteract the modern offenses? If so, what are some of the names you've heard? Well, there are a lot of good defensive coaches. Um, there's – there's a lot of them in the NFL, and there are a lot of them that are successful. I think we've seen maybe some of them not getting bypassed because people are going for the hot offensive guys. But, you know, um, Chris Richard is a guy that got let go by the um, the Cowboys is really good. Robert Sala of the 49ers, outstanding. You saw Brian Flores get the job in, in Miami last, uh, last year from New England. Really good coach. Matt Burke of Philadelphia is another good one. Uh, um, you know, I think they're, they're, um, the, the reason why I think is more media-driven, I think people look at offenses and they're more excited. I think fans do. They're looking for that bright guy. Uh, the emphasis on the rules favor the offenses. So if you don't have the right offensive guy, you don't have – the right quarterback, if you don't develop the quarterback right. It, all that goes to offense, offense, offense. So that's the reason for it. They're good defensive coaches out there. Um, they just don't get named enough, just don't get talked about enough. I do think having experience is important. I think having new ideas are important. Um but I think a lot of what it is is when you have the Sean McVeighs, the Matt Lafleur's, the Zach Taylor, you know, type guys that come around. Look, good coaches are good coaches. the The problem that people have in making head coaching decisions um, at any level, but particularly here in the NFL level, it's um, it, it, it is trying to find the answer to fix a side of the ball. Oh, they need to hire an offensive guy. No, let me tell you what they need. A team needs to hire the best leader. And they're just as many good defensive coaches as offensive coaches. They're not as sought out as much. Um, and, you know, sometimes when they don't have success, Dan Quinn was a bright, bright defensive coach. He's a head coach. He's had some success. He's taken a team to a Super Bowl. He's fallen off a little bit. Mitch, what have you done for me uh, lately in this league? Steve Wilkes got a head coaching job. He got one year. Uh, but because they wanted to hire a bright, new, shiny offensive coach. I, you know, there are a lot of things. 
But to me, great defensive coach, great offensive coach is overrated. What's great is that you're a great leader of men, you're a great organizer, and I do think it helps when you're really good on one side of the ball to be able to at least formulate a lot of what you want to do schematically. But I think you need to have a lot of help with that. Okay, folks, that'll wrap it up for today. Again, a reminder, um, if you want to promote your business, we can help you. Just contact that we are. Uh, our advertising is not regional. It's national. It's wherever. Uh, we reach people all across the country, and we are a source to provide uh, a vehicle for folks that want to reach a lot of football fans, a lot of people that consume a lot of products. Uh, we can help you do that. If you feel you are the right fit and you're interested in promoting your business, contact us at LandryFootball.com. Hit Contact Chris. TJ will be in touch with you. And um, we'll see. We'll see if it will we'll be a good fit for you and for us. Um, we look forward to partnering up with the right folks, like the folks at 401K Generation that bring you this podcast and they can help you with all your financial services needs, questions. Give them a call or a text today at 1-866-998-5879. Reminder that this uh, podcast, very easy to find. Go to Landry Football's conference call. You can go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Go to Landry Football's conference call. It's where you're going to find the conference podcast and uh, we are uh, working to get this one up there as well so check it out today Um, appreciate you joining us and join us again uh, tomorrow for the college football podcast where we the big 12 and beyond and friday for the pac 12 and beyond and obviously we're going to be coming back to you next wednesday um, for the nfl show we're again looking to expand it looking to some different avenues to do that So be on the lookout for that. We certainly got a lot more content to provide uh, for you, but certainly um, uh, keep us posted or we'll keep you posted and keep posted with us uh, for all the latest NFL and college information, film room breakdowns, uh, roster analysis. We got it all covered for you at LandryFootball.com. So check that out today and take advantage of the 50% discount that we still have going on, the holiday discount that we've extended. Check out the Senior Bowl practice notes as well. We've got a lot going on for you there. All right. Talk to you next time, everybody. This is Chris Landry. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. 
Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.